Hello and welcome back to Breve episode number three. I am your host, PB, and today I have a very special guest. A guest that I was actually scared to ask to come on the show because one, I have followed her for years, two, I'm still getting used to rejection, and three, the holiday season is coming up and small creators are getting ready to do hand-to-hand -hand combat with social media, USPS, and holiday markets. But I digress. Today I'm sitting down with Bethany DeWitt of These Clay Cash to talk about her creative process and her highs and lows of running a small business in a world dominated by social media. If you have found social media to be a difficult monster to battle, this episode will give you comfort knowing that that monster is getting to all of us this year and you are not alone. Okay, grab your brevet and let's chat with Bethany about her ridiculously cute, as in should be illegal, they are so cute, creations. Oh, and P.S. Stick around for your sustainable holiday tip. This one's a doozy. Bethany owns a beast clay cache, and I am so excited to have her on the show today uh, to talk about her creative process. And like I said, I've been following her for like a year and a half. And when I messaged her, I was like, I, she's probably too busy. But then you said yes, I'm just like, oh, she said yes. <laughs> so I'm really excited to have you here. So welcome. Thank you. <laughs> this is my favorite question to ask because I love to hear artists like their origin stories. What inspired you to start the business that you are currently running? And tell us a little bit about this business. Okay, so I jotted down some notes and I put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> so I think I started playing around with Palmer Clay when I was 14 or 15. I just saw it on Pinterest and I thought, I could do that. That looks cool. That looks like fun. So I went to Walmart and I got a starter pack of all the sample clays and a couple a couple plastic tools, like you know, like a child's Play-Doh set, really. It took me a while to get any good at it at all. And then around 2015, I started my Etsy because I was I wanted money. <laughs> I wanted money. I I wanted to have money to pay for more art supplies and I wasn't old enough to go out and get a job yet, and so I just thought, let me try this out. I had no support. <laughs> My parents thought, wow, this is so dumb. <laughs> We're not helping you. <laughs> You're not going to do anything with this. Your, your head's in the clouds. <laughs> um, so that drove me even more. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta love it. Like, well, I'll show you, mom and dad. Yeah, my my husband says I I run on spite, and it's 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 good. It works for me. Girl, so, the amount of businesses I have started on just spite alone is uh, I tell you what. Yes, I understand that completely. So I started my Etsy, and it was it was really slow going. I was not very good. It still, you know, I was not making things that were of quality. <laughs> I was a kid. Um, but I, I did end up selling some things and I just got, I just got hooked on it. I like all things business now. Okay. Well, maybe not all things. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I like being in charge. <laughs> so I was on Etsy for a couple years and then when Etsy started to be a horrible place to be on as oh, a seller. <laughs> it only gets worse, right? I think I had enough going for me that I felt like I could start my own website like it was worth it but mm -hmm. just barely just yeah. barely <laughs> <laughs> so I went for it and that's when I started seeing tremendous growth is <laughs> when really? I got off of Etsy yeah okay you got off of Etsy and the traffic increased that's crazy okay because Etsy sells the lie that like you cannot make it without our SEO like what? okay so I wouldn't uh, 
I wouldn't say traffic. I just mm-hmm. grew as a business. Oh, like okay, I, got it. my sales and stuff went up. And also I think that I got a lot of growth on Instagram after I left Etsy for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it just looks more familiar and, or that, not familiar, professional. <laughs> I just know yes. that that was, that was the start of, of growth for me really. Um, after leaving Etsy was, that was the biggest spike that I saw. That's awesome. It's, it's awesome that you got out when you did too, because Etsy just every year, it's like another diarrhea factory. Well, and I'm so just like, <laughs> I still get the emails and I have to roll my eyes up into my head. And I just feel so bad for these people who don't have the money or the know-how to start a website on their own. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where I, I've waffled and I've talked to my husband about it multiple times and I'm just like, I could, but also I know myself well enough to know that like accounting is like of the devil in my book. <laughs> and I'm like, well, Etsy just sent me a 1099, so like, I guess it works okay for me. But I, I, if I if I didn't have to use it, there's no way, no so way. So there I will use there it. are perks. Like I I stopped selling internationally because of mm-hmm. all the all the tax laws and things keep changing, and it's too much for me independently to do all of the research and stay up to date on things like that. And I know Etsy figures those things out for you. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of the reasons why even with all the crap they pulled the past year, I'm like, grit my teeth and stay. But I was talking yeah. to a friend of mine and I was just like, after you average it out, just they shave off 20% off the top just immediately now with their crazy fees. And I'm just like, okay, this is not, this is bad. But um, anyway, uh, it's just a, we all hate Etsy. It's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> So your business, being the way it is, I'm super curious because you make the cutest little clay creations. How are you picking your subject matter? Because your entire cast of characters was literally my cast of characters for my Creepy Crawly episode. It's not what people would think of like being as like, I'm going to buy a clay figure and this freaking adorable snake. (laughs) So um, I'm really, I'm so grateful that I started making things like this and I, I started going with the, the things that people you think have less love for and are mm-hmm. less popular because just it was just something different to do. Someone suggested mm-hmm. it, I think, on Instagram, like, oh, why don't you make this such and such specific kind of snake? And I was like, why would I do that? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I started doing it, and there you reach a whole very selective group of people, a whole mm-hmm. new group of people, and I really have a lot of growth from that too because you can't you can't go into a big store and find this specific kind of snake art you yeah, know no, you for can't. your pet or this snake that you're obsessed with or frog or whatever mm-hmm. um so i i just i kind of have a monopoly <laughs> I think, <laughs> that way with just the things that i'm making the type of creatures because people can't find them very very much elsewhere so are the creatures you're making, is one of them, like, your favorite animal? Like, I gotta ask about the nudibranchs, because nobody thinks of them, and they're, like, my favorite thing. <laughs> no, no, really, truly, no. I didn't know they existed um, until, like, a year ago. Someone commented, uh, actually, two years ago. I do timelines based on which apartment I was in at the time. <laughs> so it was about two years ago. Um, someone commented, just, I don't know if I was looking for input of what to make next, but someone said, why don't you make a sea lemon? And I was like, a what? <laughs> a what? So I looked it up and I was like, well, that's weird. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and it just, it just exploded. And then just based on the popularity, I had to make more. And there were more requests for different, you know, why don't you make a sea bunny? <laughs> 
Why don't you make this type? So you just got thrown into the world of basically what is creepy I really crawlies. did. My followers scooted me into that direction. <laughs> so I gotta ask, what is your favorite animal then? Um, so I want to say my mom always loved bears and I, mm -hmm. I always loved bears because she loved bears, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then as I started making more clay sculptures and things, I got very much into ocean creatures mm -hmm. and I think now it's it would be an octopus. But oh. I do really love snakes and stuff now too. They're just so beautiful. <laughs> they are beautiful. I used to be scared of them until I met like a baby rose boa and there was something about holding this like little six inch boa and I was just like, you are the sweetest thing I've ever seen. And your snakes remind me of the boa that I met. So that's, I, I just, I love that. So like you were thrown into this, this is, now you have an entirely new menagerie of animals that are your favorite. So what is your process like? You know, because these are all handmade. And I know that sometimes, I think with your sea slugs, you use um, resin, correct? Yes. But your your clay creations, I mean, these are handmade, like with tons of love. And I'm imagining a lot of time because your process. Um, so tell us about a little bit about your process. Okay, so I'll explain both because I really really now I do more resin casting than I do oh. sculpting, which is something I'm a little disappointed about. But why? <laughs> but, well, I don't like it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't like fair. it as much, but it's as, as far as a business standpoint goes, it's what's working for me to get more right. product available. But so for sculpting, I, I could not tell you how long it takes me. I have never, <laughs> <laughs> I've been meaning for years to track how long it takes me to make something, you know, so that I can price it accordingly, right. but I just won't, I just won't do it. It's distracting. Yeah, it is. So sure. hours, I, I would, I would assume hours. <laughs> what is one project that do you, cause there's always one project that, that like every artist has. They're like, this is never going to end and it is going to drive me to the brink of sanity. What, what is that one sculpture for you? Okay, so I used to do a lot of custom wedding cake toppers of people's pets, uh -huh. and I think those were my biggest pain in the butt. Like, they were so <laughs> fulfilling, but because it's for somebody's wedding, right. <laughs> and it's their precious baby dog, <laughs> yeah, you have to get it perfect, and, right. and so those were the most challenging. Oof, yeah. It's the best part of owning your own business. You can be like, you know what? I'm not doing that anymore. I'm yep, stick with yep. <laughs> saw this morning that you're getting ready to possibly make your snake bracelets again. Oh, I am. I would really like to. I actually, I would have been doing so many of those, except that I had made one for someone, and it was left on their porch in, oh. like, Texas heat or something, and when she went to put it on, it snapped in half, even though I had stress-tested oh. I stress tested it a lot prior, so I learned that exposure to extreme temperatures can compromise the structure of the clay, and so it kind of scared me to like put products out there that could potentially right. break on people, and I don't want to have to remake them, but I feel like it's, it's only right to remake them. <laughs> when you're approaching a new project or you know a custom-made project, are you, does it stress you out? Are you doing customs? Or do you have like a moment of like existential dread before you start painting every one of your creations? Or is it more of like a... No, not at all. Not even a little bit. Oh, I, good. I love the painting process. I think, I think I'm, for whatever reason, more comfortable painting than I am sculpting. It's really the same principle for both that you can just mess with it until it's right. 
Yeah. But it seems a little easier for painting for me. I don't know why. I just, if I mess that up, I can paint right over it. That's it's fair. It's not. It's, it, it is a little different than the sculpting, I guess. Painting scares the, the crap out of me. So i in awe of your ability to be like, yes, this is my favorite. I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> and now it is time for your sustainable holiday tip. Last week, we talked about the pros and cons of a real Christmas tree versus the plastic one. This week, we delve into a more sinister topic, the kind of stuff we prefer to sweep under the proverbial rug and pretend like it's not a problem. Waste, specifically holiday waste. Strap in, I'm going to rapid fire some stats I pulled from Stanford EDU. Number one, Americans throw away 25% more trash during Thanksgiving to New Year's. That's an extra 25 million tons of garbage or 1 million extra tons per week. I did the math, my kind of math, and that's the equivalent of throwing 5,000 blue whales away every week. Oh, and by the way, there are only 10 to 25,000 blue whales in existence, so if we continue with our whale math, we would extinct blue whales in as fast as two weeks if we were throwing them away like we do our holiday waste. Number two, if every family reused just two feet, yes, just two feet of holiday ribbon, 38,000 miles of ribbon could be saved enough to tie a bow around the entire planet. What a lot of people don't realize is ribbon, especially foil ribbon, is actually plastic. So it's not biodegrading, it's just turning into more microplastics. So stay away from foil ribbon. Number three, if every American wrapped just three presents, I repeat, just three presents in reusable materials, it would save enough paper to cover 45,000 football fields. Okay, so what about gift waste? According to Red Stag Fulfillment, in 2021, the USPS estimated it would process 1.75 million returned packages every day for the week of January 4th. According to CNBC, every year, returns result in $761 billion worth of items being shuffled around, 6 billion pounds of landfill waste being generated, and 16 million metric tons of carbon emissions. And Amazon? They throw away a whopping one-third of all of their returns. That is so much waste. Okay, so what can you do about it? Because we, the consumers, are driving this machine, there's actually a lot we can do. Number one. Buy less, buy quality, and I cannot emphasize this enough, buy from small artists who lovingly make each item, like Bethany. If you know a snake lover, seek out an artist who can make something so unique and so tailored to your gift recipient that the gift becomes more about the meaning of the piece than the piece itself. That gives it some staying power. Number two, explore thrift stores for gifts. This is a hill I will die on, especially used books with a lovely handwritten note inside. Number three, one year, I asked my mom for freezer meals for Christmas because I literally hate cooking. That is such a deep hatred, I could do an entire episode on it, but I won't. Anyway, bonus points if you package the materials and cookware you bought from a thrift store. Number four, seems obvious, but for crying out loud, ask people what they want and be firm about it. In my family, we no longer do gift exchanges. More on that in a later episode. But when birthdays roll around, I am not about surprises. You'll get a handmade thing, sometimes, maybe, and something you need. And if you do not tell me what you need, you get a jar of air. Number five, donations. Giving Tuesday is coming up. Give back and give in someone's name. I cannot stress giving as a form of gifting. Every year, my nieces and nephews 
get a World Wildlife Foundation animal. They know they're getting one. That's just what we do in this family. Okay, so I'll walk that back. We do gift exchanges for the, the little kids in the family, just not for adults. Anyway, give on Giving Tuesday. If you can, if you can't, donate your time. Make a meal, make cookies. It doesn't have to be something that's purchased. Number six, literally don't use wrapping paper. I never buy wrapping paper, ever. It's the one thing that has never made sense to me. I use old paper grocery bags that I'll doodle on. Sometimes I have used an old map. I use towels in the Japanese folding style, fabric, or nothing. That's my favorite way to wrap presents. And if you have received a gift from me, it's most likely unwrapped or I hand it to you in the store bag in which I had purchased it from. But if you do like the look of nicely put together packages and maybe want to start a new tradition, artists like my last guest, Kacha with Drop Forge Needles, has been working on reusable wrapping paper bags that will last a lifetime. And she uses thrifted fabric. I adore her. Number seven, ribbon. Again, I hate ribbon, hate it, plastic, but cloth ribbon is fine. If I do need something that looks like ribbon, I will use baker's twine and natural elements like twigs, dried fruit, and I'll cut up old cards for tags. Number eight, speaking of cards, here's some more stanford.edu facts. 2.65 billion Christmas cards sold each year in the US could fill a football field 10 stories high. That wouldn't be too bad if they could be recycled, but I've got some really bad news. A lot of these Christmas cards are covered in foil or glitter and they cannot be recycled. Most foil that you see is also a plastic and glitter is also a plastic. So more microplastics for the win. But listen, I love cards. I love cards a lot. If I don't make my own, I'll buy from a small business and I emphasize cards printed on recycled paper. There is literally nothing. And I mean, literally nothing. Okay, except for coffee and chocolate. I love more than receiving than a handwritten card. And as a short, this barely scrapes the surface, but I think it's a good start. And now back to our regularly scheduled programming. With your business, I am super curious. As every small business owner knows, running a small business is has its challenges and some days we want to tear our hair out. What are some difficulties that you've encountered running Instagram. this small business? Instagram. There you go. <laughs> I hate Instagram so much. I wake up every morning and I say, oh, I hate Instagram. <laughs> You're in good company. <laughs> it's just, I, I don't like social media. I never have. And it's a necessary evil mm -hmm. to promote your business. And I think that is just still like right now this is this is something that i'm i'm constantly discussing with my husband and other people that i know what can i do to get around this or improve this it's just not working it's not working <laughs> oh gosh i hear you 100 it's literally been i got so mad at it last week i well i mean i logged out of my main account because i'm like i don't this is not as an artist this is not something that i want to have to you know, mess around with the algorithm was fine like three years ago and now uh. <laughs> as a creative the last thing I want to be doing is social media because I I don't know about you but I'm a natural introvert and so yeah. <laughs> you know consistently putting myself out day to day but also showing like my babies day to day I'm just like yeah. this is emotionally draining so it's kind of kind of glad to know it's not just me <laughs> I I have not met someone yet who is an artist trying to run a small business who has not hated Instagram? It's 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 everyone. 
it's all of us. So what have you, what have been your strategies to get around it? To continue I have no strategy. I'm so sorry. I can't <laughs> teach you anything. I am. <laughs> so like people look at my account and they, they, they see the big number of followers mm-hmm. and they assume that I'm successful, but I'm drowning. I think if you have more, I, Instagram hates you more. It's like, <laughs> yeah, nobody sees my stuff. It's, it's incredible. Like I will just, I will just give you the statistics. Um, I have almost 25,000 followers and I will post things and I will tell you the majority of my posts get like 130 likes. I'm not even kidding. How do you not rage quit? I'd be like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. Because this is, this is, unfortunately, this is the platform I went with to build my audience. So this is where I have any established audience at all. And I was doing super well, like two years ago, two Mm -hmm. years ago was peak it was great I was growing and that's where that big number of followers came from I haven't had growth since then are you kidding (laughs) yeah no two years ago was like when I started and my my growth is rapid and it's been like I think like maybe eight percent of my followers see what I post on my other page and I'm just like this is infuriating I guess because like I don't want to pay for ads I don't have to pay for ads but it's a good segue because I know you started a patreon and for people listening I'm assuming you want people to funnel more that way Oh, for sure. <laughs> so how can people find you on Patreon? Is it Bees Clay Cash on Patreon? Or? Um, yes, and it's it's in my link tree on my Instagram page as well. And you can you can find it on my website too. Everything is the same name. It's just Bees Clay Cash. Perfect. Awesome. <laughs> okay, so getting this nasty social media out of the way, what are some successes that you want to celebrate with your small business? <laughs> it took me a while to come up with some answers for this because I've been so frustrated lately, but <laughs> I'm still here. So... Yeah. I'm still trying. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, okay, so I also wrote down that I think the biggest marker of success for me every time that happens is when I have a repeat customer. When someone comes back and continues to buy stuff from me, and it, I mean, even if it's just once, it just shows me that you you liked what you got the first time enough to spend your hard-earned money (laughs) on my, on my creation. And so that just, that's success for me. <laughs> that's awesome. And oh, so just to even narrow it down even more, of all the creations you've done, which what's the one you're most proud of? Okay. <laughs> that's really hard. Um, you can pick top five favorite children if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> so I doubt anyone would be able to find this, like, so far down in my feed on Instagram. And it's not on my webpage anymore either. But currently I have a customer paying in installments for a llama sculpture and a whale sculpture they're very they're some of the largest things I've ever done and I made them I want to say four years ago and usually as an artist you look back at stuff you did five months ago and you hate it to death and you think how could you think that that was good at the time (laughs) but for some reason and I think this is why they're my favorite for some reason I am still really proud of them I I see no flaws. <laughs> I'm just happy with them. I love that. I, I, I know exactly which piece you're looking for because I went years and years back before this episode just to prepare myself. <laughs> and the llama one is super adorable, for sure. I'm, I'm not sure which whale I when you're referring to because I know you did like... Um, okay, so it's a, it's a bigger one and bigger it's one. got crystals coming out of its yes. blowhole and it's got oh the baby that's magnetic to the side. <laughs> yes, that one is gorgeous. Thank you. I can see why you're proud of those ones. I would be very proud of those ones too. 
So as a small business owner, do you incorporate sustainability practices in your business? I'd imagine like in a way, even though I know some businesses say they don't, but I think as a small business owner, we're always looking for ways to like save. So I do. Um, not, not to any huge degree, but I do. I think um, all of my packaging essentially is recyclable. Like everything is pretty much paper. I, any bubble wrap that I ever use, and it's really once in a blue moon now that I have to use bubble wrap, is just <laughs> reused. I I don't buy it. <laughs> yeah. And then, other than packaging, I I stretch stuff as far as I possibly can. Yeah. Tools and materials, like I'll, I'll reuse the same cup for resin casting a dozen times, like until I physically cannot use it anymore. So just things like that. <laughs> That's awesome. And I always want to encourage like people like I, I, I was I interviewing someone um, a couple days ago and they're like, I don't really use sustainability. I'm like, I'm sure you do. And I'm sure like, yeah. I think people have this idea that sustainability has to be like this. If you're not out there with like a sign in a picket, you know, just screaming yeah. at the top of your lungs, that, you know, then you're not being sustainable. But I found, and the reason why I wanted to focus um, the Brevet episodes on small businesses, I think small businesses tend to be the most sustainable for just so many reasons, because we have to be, we, we don't have the resources that bigger companies have. We can't waste, we can't, you know, waste our own time even. So small businesses are, are where it's at. But, you know, hearing the frustrations of, you know, everything, but having your own business, would you do it all over again? I would. Um, yeah. And I will tell you why. <laughs> I do not, I do not, I don't see myself as successful. And I think that's, I think that's a personal problem I need to work through, but <laughs> I, I don't do it for the success. I do it to avoid a daily life of interacting with people. There's too many people on this earth. <laughs> I have, I've never related to something so hard in my entire life. <laughs> so honestly, when you asked how I got started, I have vivid flashbacks of I had nightmares of trying to work a cash register. So like the age of 15, I was scared like, oh no, when I turn 16, I'm going to have to work in a grocery store and I'm going to have to know how to use this cash register and somebody's going to yell at me and I'm going to cry. <laughs> and so I did everything I could to avoid ever having to be in that situation. <laughs> I love that your young self is already having like a midlife existential crisis before <laughs> it even happened. No, I mean that's that's really good motivation though to you know you know push through the the garbage of like social media and stuff like that because the alternative is just uh, yeah, it's not yeah. good. It's, not it's good. unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So is there anything else that you would like to add? Any tips or words of encouragement for budding creatives out there who, you know, see? Learn social media before you hate it. Learn how to do it. And begrudgingly start on Etsy. <laughs> yeah. Because it's still, it's still the best option out there that I'm aware of. And it's so big now that that's where people go to find handmade things. Mm -hmm. It's just the it's it's the general thing that people search for if they're looking for something unique and handmade they're gonna they're gonna put it in etsy so try and start on etsy yeah and then try and get off etsy as soon as you can <laughs> tactical or tactical use of etsy and then and then leave as soon as possible that is what a sage advice i will i will admit anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up this session 
No, I was really nervous to come on here. I almost immediately said no, because that's just, not because I didn't have time. I have so much time. <laughs> I just, it made me uncomfortable and I forced myself to do it. And I'm so glad that I did. And I'm, I'm really grateful that you invited me. <laughs> I'm so thankful that you came on. I know I, I, everyone I approached, because I, I think artists especially are, are very, very shy people. I think that's just yeah. what gives us our superpowers. And so every single person has always been like, like I promise it won't be scary I promise so I'm, I'm so I'm so grateful for you um, coming out of your comfort zone to chat a little bit about your artistic process and let people uh, get to know you as an artist in a in a way that's I, I would say probably not the most comfortable way for you to put yourself out there but still like you have control over over how people see you so thank you so so much thank you for having me <laughs> Bethany, I cannot thank you enough for agreeing to come on the show. Thank you so, so much for being so open and honest about your business. For those of you listening, please support Bethany and her cute little creatures by following her on her Instagram at beesclaycash. Check out her website, beesclaycash.com, and you can also find her Patreon through there. Thank you again, and even though it's cold outside, make sure you head outside and say hi to your local migratory bird. <laughs>